Is physical beauty desirable? Is material wealth desirable? Or should we be focused purely on spirituality? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 50 of Tractate Nadarim, and we learn that God wants us to enjoy His world responsibly and to strike the right balance between material and spiritual pursuits. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with a story. Following the passing of the great sage, Rav Chaim Kanievsky, a secular Israeli professor penned the following account of his visit to the sage. I was certain that I was about to visit the opulent mansion of someone who, along with his family members, exploits the weaknesses of others to enrich himself and gain power and influence. I reached the street for which I was looking and encountered a young Haredi student who pointed out the right building belonging to the Tsar HaTorah, the Prince of Torah, as Rabbi Kanievsky was called. It was a run-down building on a regular B'nai Rock street. I ascended two flights of stairs, plain and unadorned. Outside the entrance to the rabbi's home was gathered a collection of people with the battle scars of life evident on their faces. Poor, downtrodden people, such as those you can find in the back streets of any city. When we finally entered the rabbi's home, I was astounded. The rabbi lived in such simplicity as I had never encountered before. Even in the poorest of homes, such as those I visited back in the day when I was a community lawyer. A small apartment furnished with items from Jewish agency days in the 50s, with shelves and shelves of books covering the walls. The rabbi studied next to his simple bedroom. Two basic iron frame beds was the heart of the home. There, at a simple table, the rabbi sat and learnt Torah all day long, from dawn till dusk and onward, until the early hours of the morning, and in between he received all manner of people, every broken-hearted person needing a warm word of comfort with no thought of recompense. On today's daf, a princess wonders how a person could be both learned and ugly. Let's look at the Gemara. Caesar's daughter said to Rabbi Yeshua ben Hanania, How does the magnificent Torah present itself in an ugly vessel? He said to her, You may learn from your father's house. In what container do you place wine? She replied, In earthenware vessels. He said to her, Everyone stores their wine in earthenware vessels, and you also store in earthenware vessels. You should place your wine in vessels of silver and gold. She went and placed the wine in vessels of silver and gold, and it spoiled. He said to her, The same is true of the Torah. She then asked, But are there not people who are both good-looking and learned in Torah? He said to her, If they were ugly, they would be even more learned. Let's analyze the Gemara. How could Rabbi Yeshua claim that good looks and Torah wisdom are incompatible? Our tradition doesn't denigrate physical beauty. The words of our sages are filled with accounts describing the handsomeness of our patriarchs and matriarchs, as well as our kings and various other leaders. To cite but one example, the Gemara teaches that Rav Kahana's beauty resembled that of Rabbi Avohu. Rabbi Avohu's beauty resembled that of our forefather Jacob. And our forefather Jacob's beauty resembled that of the very first Adam. What then is the meaning of Rabbi Yeshua's parable of the wine and the vessels? Think about earthenware vessels. Are they ugly? Not really. They're simply plain and practical. Rabbi Asher Rosenbaum explains that Caesar's daughter was not mocking Rabbi Yeshua's physical appearance. She was inquiring about his material life. He was very poor, and she couldn't fathom how someone so wise could be financially lacking. Shouldn't wisdom lead to financial success? 
he responds with a parable of wine and vessels. When you appreciate that the wine is the primary element, there's no need to invest anything into the containers. On the contrary, any investment in the containers will diminish the product inside. Yes, but there are sages who live comfortably, she tells him. Yes, but if those sages would devote all their efforts to Torah and likewise shun the material life, Rabbi Yeshua replies, they'd be even greater. Judaism isn't a religion that glorifies asceticism. We believe that we've been placed into this world to live as human beings, not angels. Hashem wants us to enjoy His creations. He gets nachas when we do. And in turn, it's incumbent upon us to remember constantly that all goodness comes from Him. And so we make a bracha and praise God before enjoying food, smells, and other pleasures of this world. Nevertheless, we are bidden to enjoy responsibly and avoid excessive pleasure-seeking. We were placed on this earth to serve heaven by learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. What emerges from this perspective is that we're basically all trying to strike the right balance between how much time and effort to devote to ensuring we're materially stable and comfortable and the time spent on spiritual pursuits. Rabbi Shubhan Hananya teaches that while a high degree of accomplishment is simultaneously possible in both arenas, by definition any efforts in one direction will diminish the efforts in the other direction. Yes, you can be wise and financially successful, but had you settled for less on the material side, you could have dedicated the available time to further your wisdom and spiritual gains. The key to remember from all this discussion is that either pursuit is really limitless. The wealthy individual who owns a luxury car still desires to have enough money to purchase a yacht, and so he is unsatisfied with his present material position and decides to continue working to improve his economic position. An outside independent observer, however, would deem his behavior excessive compared to the average person. But nobody can judge another's golden mean. Only you can make the determination of how much money you really need for you and your loved ones to be comfortable. Beyond that amount, the challenge is then to leave the office and head home to engage in Torah and Mitzvahs. May you strike the right balance in your life and maximize your pursuit of eternal assets. Wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.